Subliminal SF brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Um, oh, happy hour. What could be happier than 23 comics doing jokes for each other and at a radio listening audience? Puppets, kittens, unicorns, porn maybe? Oh, well, stage time makes them happy, and this super happy comedy open mic is open every Friday from 6 to 8 p.m., but you can also listen anytime by downloading the podcast at Meet New Radio FM Index at podcasts.pcrcollective.org. So come live or listen later or to every happy hour mic Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. at Radio FL Mutiny Radio. I just fucked that up again. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah! You got it. I got it. You got it. that tragedy. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be like in front of an audience, like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Clock. It's time for Pam Tastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. Let me hear it. Yay! Yay! Dun, 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 dun. I'm so glad you guys are here for tonight's Stranger Things. I was trying to get on the Stranger Things. Uh, this is my Strange X location. Yes, our comedians tonight have lived in weird places. China, Syria, cardboard boxes, Las Vegas, all over the place. Yeah, yeah, even Kansas. I mean, that's, that sounds like a cardboard box to me. Uh, boring places are square. <laughs> Kansas is a square state, right? Uh, Colorado is a square state, but also really cool because weed is rad. Everybody give it up for weed. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. In my strange ex location, uh, we weren't allowed to have weed uh, because I grew up in the time. I know, right? Dare to keep kids off drugs. Dare. Dare to, I, well, and 
I felt like in Danville that they actually were daring to keep me on drugs because when I was in fifth grade, we had a policeman come in and he gave all of us tiny packets of sweet and low. And he made us dump them out on the table and we divided them into eight lines. And he said, each line, that is the, that is the amount he was like, each line, that's the amount, that's the dosage of cocaine that you're supposed to take. And then, and I'm like, I'm in fifth grade. This is really, really making me want to take cocaine. Now that I know how much I'm supposed to take, you know? And I've always sort of kept it in mind when I did coke in my 20s, I would always be like, okay, that sweet and low packet was eight lines. Like, thanks, Danville. <laughs> keep it, keep it going. Do you guys know where Danville is? East Bay, rich people, yeah. I was raised on third base. Yeah, that's true. I was, uh, I'm a rich person. I was raised, I'm very poor now. I'm on food stamps. But I was raised to know, my mother always said, never ride the bus. The bus is dirty and filled with scary people. And I was like, I ride the bus exclusively now. Am I one of those? I'm one of the dirty, scary people. I'm a terrible human being. Danville is a horrible, evil place filled with money. Uh, when I was a freshman in high school in 88 uh, slash 89, I asked, I begged my mother for a pair of guest jeans. And she said, those are $50. And I was like, but they have zippers on the bottom. <laughs> it's really important for me to have zippers on the bottom of my jeans. So she gave me 20 bucks and said, go buy a pair of palmettos. And I did. There was still an upside down triangle on the butt and they had zippers, but everyone made fun of me because I'll never be good enough. <laughs> it's like, sorry, it's palmettos are not guest jeans. If you live in Danville, it's important. Uh, it is fucked up. When I was 16, my parents gave me a brand new car, but it was a Hyundai, and so everyone made fun of me because it wasn't a BMW. Oh, poor little rich girl telling, you know, and that's the thing. I went, I, I, I eventually went on in my 30s to go get an MFA in poetry, and the problem is they're like, write what you, write what you know, and I'm like, poor little white girl. It doesn't really get a lot of people enjoying your poetry is the thing. You know, the only thing I can write about is abortions, and that like really... <laughs> It's close to home for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I, di I, I didn't have any abortions while I was in Danville because I, I, I love my mom too much, so I never had sex. Uh, but also, I was, couldn't be naked in front of a person. Jesus would never allow that. Like, he doesn't... Can, he is naked on a stick, and that's what I jacked off to quite a bit when I was a kid. Me and a Barbie doll in the closet having a good time thinking about Jesus. Am I right? Go Danville. Yay! I love, I love Jesus. <laughs> I, I also loved my Barbies. Uh, the fun thing about my Barbies uh, in when I was little is that uh, my brother was a dick and he would always like take one Barbie a year and cut its hair weird. And that was fine because then I'd had a le lesbian Barbie because <laughs> I, I had one Barbie with a weird haircut and she was so like avant-garde. She was the one that was like, I'm going to do spoken word poetry <laughs> in French. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't speak French. I was just making up languages in my closet while I was masturbating to Jesus. It was fun. Uh, Danville was an amazing place. Nice closet. Absolutely. Huge closets. Like, I could actually get into the back of my closet and masturbate, and my parents would be looking for me, and they still couldn't find me. They could look in the closet, and they wouldn't see me because of the weird <laughs> thing of boxes I put so that I could hide behind it and masturbate. You know, it's cool. Uh, I went to Christian school in Danville for eight years, and that was weird. Uh, I was in kindergarten, and my mom got called into a parent-teacher conference because supposedly I was masturbating during class. <laughs> Yeah, and my mom was, my mom was like, she's just really uncomfortable. You make her really uncomfortable, and it's true. Uh, Mrs. Mowers, Barbara Mowers, what a cunt. She made me just feel 
she made me feel like I was never, I'll never be good enough. <laughs> uh, we had to memorize Bible verses for um, ice cream cones on Friday. And so I memorized the Bible verse just like everyone else in class. And one Friday I got up there and I said my Bible verse, you know, like uh, I think it was, uh, it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this not of yourselves. It is an act of God, not by men so that no man can boast. And yeah, thanks. So yeah, ice cream. So I wanted to get my ice cream, right? Mm. And she hands me two graham crackers and she says, fat little girls never amount to anything in the world. You're a fat little girl and you get graham crackers. And while I'm munching them in the corner, I was thinking, these have the same amount of calories as an ice cream cone. <laughs> I, wasn't, I think of that now as an adult. I didn't think of that as a child, but I should have. I just took my graham crackers in shame and hid in the corner and cried like every other good Christian girl. Am I right? Thanks, Danville. Yay. Yay. Masturbation. I know that's exactly what Christianity taught me was to bottle it all up and masturbate in the closet. It's good. <laughs> I wish I would have become a lesbian. That would have been much more understandable <laughs> for my parents. Now they're like, you're an artist? <laughs> we, they, I haven't talked to them in five years. It's cool. Uh, they, li they live on a golf course in Arizona. No, it's okay. Uh, is anyone else's parents not proud of them? Yeah, anyone 42 and still care? Like, I shouldn't care anymore, I'm 42. What the fuck do I care about what parents think? They haven't given me money in 26 years. I don't give a fuck what they think. They don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> Neither does anyone in Danville. I should tag Dan. Can you tag Danville? Can I hashtag Danville on this? And people will be like, oh, yeah. I go to Yogurt Park every Friday. <laughs> I used to work at Yogurt Park. I used to steal from yogurt park that's what i mean <laughs> i didn't it was ashley who did that i just let her do it which means that i was complicit in stealing sorry jesus has really fucked me up i feel guilt for everyone's everything whether i've done it or not <laughs> ashley could masturbate in the closet and i'd be like i'm sorry god i wanted to masturbate with her ashley was hot she had red hair she's good looking cheerleader cool i was a cheerleader in high school too yeah i know right <laughs> Muslim cheerleaders don't exist. No, I was a Jewish cheerleader. But I did, I did think a lot about Jesus, uh, you know, because I was, I was a Christian cheerleader, so. Uh. Give me a K. K. Give me an I. Oh. Give me an L. L. Give me an L. L. Who do the Jews kill? We all get 12 mansions in heaven. Yay! Yay. The only thing that sucked about being a Christian cheerleader is that the skirts were really long, which are not sexy. Uh, and then my butt always hurt from protecting my virginity. Also, also not sexy. Thanks, Danville. Yay, that was a weird place I used to live. This is Fantastic Comedy Clubhouse. We're going to sing a song. If you know how it goes, sing along with us. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse, comedy. Comedy. Together we will bring our jokes up high. Hi, hi, hi. The OG Kush, you know what I'm saying? M U T I N Y Comedy Clubhouse. You want to come inside my clubhouse? Yay, you're already here. Yay. We have a great show tonight. It is My Strange Ex Location. And your first comedian has lived in a tent and he lives in a house with his ex-wife even though they've been divorced for years he's lived in the most bizarre places you guys are going to love him put your hands together for jeremy adkins 
Okay, here we go. Good evening. How's it going? Cool. I, uh, strange places to live, strange places to be. I've always liked living alone. And so, well, I've liked living alone since for like 40 years. I started running away from home when I was four. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, the best thing I ever said in my life was when I was four. I had a backpack heading for the door. Mom stops me, says, where, where the fuck are you going? Eh, it's been fun. Thanks for having me. I think it's time to go. Mm, it doesn't work like that. What do you mean? I want to go. Well, okay, let's pretend that you can leave, that I can let you go and CPS won't put me in fucking jail. <laughs> what are you going to do for money? Like, how are you going to feed yourself? How are you going to get a job? You're four. And I looked right at my mom and I said, don't worry about it. I'll tell them I'm a midget. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how long I've wanted to get away from most everybody. I, uh, the problem is this. When you look like I do and you have my resume, when you show up for a place to live, it's a no. <laughs> so you end up living with a lot of fucked up people. right? I had a roommate that, and it's weird shit too. It's weird shit too. I had a roommate who I would, our house was really fucked up, but it cost $250, the whole thing, on Gilman Street in Berkeley, right? So yeah, I was brilliant. I missed the place. Total rat hole, right? Totally fucked up. You turn the oven on, and it was either on or off. There was no middle. It, the flame was on, or you, were not, you weren't getting anything. So I figured out in my little fucked up brain that if you kind of fiddled with it, you could get the flame going a little, and you could kind of cook stuff without burning it. Except my roommate insisted that I was trying to gas the whole house. So you just walk out and turn it off. I had that conversation seven or eight times. Now that's not all that exciting, but that's the kind of shit you have to deal with when you live with people all the time. No, no, unfortunately he wasn't. He could have fit a lot more places. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, but the weirdest place, like Pam said, the weirdest place I've ever lived, I am 40 years old. All right, I'm 45, and I'm heading towards 50 really quickly, apparently. And I lived with my ex for a year after the divorce. Oh, yeah, yeah. Your mornings go really fucked up. The day starts really nasty when it starts with, hey, you're a fucking asshole. Can you pass the salt? Mm, by the way, you're not funny. Oh, yeah. No, it gets fucked from there. Yeah. I, uh, I tried to explain to her that she was, uh, she was just angry because she was sad. And that sad wasn't the worst place she could be. She could still be stuck in a relationship with me. She wasn't going for that. Now, her reply, her reply was probably the lowest blow I've ever felt from anyone in a relationship. She looked right at me, and she said, well, fuck you, you're autistic. And my life flashed before my eyes like a movie, and I realized she was right. <laughs> I also realized she was a really fucked up person because a, a caring spouse takes your hand, says, hey, honey, you know your friends don't call you back anymore? 
You know how, like, you fixate on shit that no one ever fucking cares about? You know how, like, right now, you're, you're, you're not even listening to me because you're thinking about the notebook you can't find? Yeah, you're on the spectrum. That's what a normal, loving, functional relationship gets. I got ammo. She saved it for ammo. For that moment when she could go, ho oh, ho, you're a dick, and I'm gonna cut your legs out from under you. You're autistic. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it was, yeah. It was totally fucked. Um, but to her credit, the marriage was like the best and worst thing that I ever did. And I got the security from my marriage to have the courage to talk to other women and cheat on my wife. <laughs> oh yeah. Now, I, uh, I've done some questionable things, and one of the things I did lately is, and it's that moment when you go, oh, I gotta rethink my life. I hooked up this Norwegian woman. You know what they say about women from Norway. No, you don't, because they don't. And I realized that halfway through the date. And I really knew I fucked up, and it was a mistake, when I realized how bad it was, because I hadn't even come yet, and I was like, oh shit, this is a mistake. Because no guy realizes that moment, oh, it's a mistake, before the special soldiers get deployed. I, uh, I fucking, so, Afterwards, I'm trying to think of like, oh, I'm gonna get the fuck out of here. I, you know, I gotta put my pants on, just get out of here, be polite. And just, this one was so boring that I kept phasing in and out and forgetting that I should just put my pants on and leave. And at one point I phased in and she was like describing the Norwegian flag. Yeah, <laughs> that's how fucking boring it was. She was describing her flag. And I don't know what the fuck happened to my brain, but I, I said, because uh, it looks like the Nazi flag. <laughs> and and well, what's even better is she didn't even, she didn't even blink. She didn't even like, just didn't be, miss a beat. She goes, no, no, there's no hoiken koiken on it. <laughs> and I went, I, well, I, I was like, well, what the fuck is hoiken koiken? She's like, well, you would know if it was in the, you know, on the flag. And I was like, no, I wouldn't. You can't define a word by using the word. What the fuck is hoiken? So really quick, does anybody here know what hoiken koiken means? No, you don't, because I made the word up. She's fucking Norwegian. I don't know what the fuck she said. But whenever you think of the word hoiken koiken or Norway, you're going to think about what I'm about to say, which is she pulled a book out, set it on the shelf, went... Yeah, see, there's my grandfather with the hoiken koiken on. And that's when I discovered hoiken koiken means swastika. Oh yeah, and I had fucked a direct descendant of a prominent member of the Nazi party. Yeah, I was, I was just standing there going, holy shit, and then I, then I realized that she had no shame in her game. Like, she wasn't like, yeah, I know. She's like, yeah, there he is. Like, I could picture her showing people by, like, going like, oh, yeah, there he is, all looking all dreamy, hanging out with Hitler. I bet he was a big shot. And I realized that, like, the best thing about this moment is you don't have to be polite when you realize you've accidentally fucked a direct descendant of a major, you know, the prominent member of the Nazi party. And so I leaned over, and she leaned up like I was going to kiss her, and I leaned in real close. I said, hey, that's the worst fuck of my life. <laughs> but I'm really grateful, because I have joy in saying, 
you just got fucked by a Puerto Rican, and you get to live with that for the rest of your life. And I think that's all my time for tonight, Pam. Thank you very much. Jeremy Adkins fucking Nazis and taking names. That's right. Then tattooing it on his head. I mean, who better to sleep with a Nazi than a guy with head tattoos? Am I right? Like, that works out. If you ever go to jail, I definitely would get in with the Aryan Brotherhood because they're going to embrace those head tattoos. Like, he'll never go to jail. Everybody, Jeremy Atkins, yay! Your next comedian, he's been running the door like a champion. He is uh, an amazing comedian. You can see him. He's just finishing up his Cheaper Than Therapy residency. Oh, my goodness. What an exciting time. He's going to leave us and go up there and do an amazing 20 minutes tonight for those crazy kids. You guys, he's lived in some strange-ass places. Put your hands together for Steve Poggi. Oh, we got the Pam, we got the cash box outside because I was on the door. Yeah, taking tickets, now entertaining you. I'm a fucking carnival, people. Uh, so we're talking about strange places uh, that I used to live. Uh, and I have a, just a bunch of short stories for you. Um, I lived in St. Louis, Missouri. And then I moved uh, to an old high school buddy of mine who moved to Sacramento. And they, uh, they rented a house. It was him and two other dudes. And they all had bedrooms, but they had this open kitchen room that they weren't using. So they just hung up a Bank of America flag to like block like the gap between the cabinets and the countertop, and that's where I lived. I, uh, <clears throat> I had a little futon bed. I had some Walking Dead comics. Life was pretty good. No complaints. Um, the roommates were a little weird, though. Like about 60 days into this, uh, one of the roommates, Matt, thought I was passed out, and he went into the kitchen to get a drink, uh, and his girlfriend was there with him. And then he decided to put his balls on the side of my head. Uh, no, it didn't. And I was, I was so stunned by it. Like, I didn't, like, fight him or do nothing. I was just like, what the fuck? Uh, so for the next two months, I jerked off into his ice cream every single day. Because I live in the kitchen. This is my area. And uh, I would leave it out for a little bit so it would melt a little bit. Right? Fire off a couple of rounds. Uh, kind of mix it back in so that way the flavor couldn't be detected immediately. Uh, then I would refreeze it, and then he would always come in every night like, time for a bowl of ice cream. And I'm like, yeah. To further be a dick, when I was done, I was moving out, I fumbled into having a show, and none of the roommates had come and seen me do comedy yet. So I put together this show, and they got all their friends and all their buddies to come out. And I had already moved my stuff out. I was doing the show, then I was driving to the new place I was living. So I decided to announce my plan of what I'd been doing the whole time in front of all of his friends and coworkers that he had fucking more Ben and less Jerry. So yeah, I uh, I don't know. I, I think we're friends on Facebook, actually. To be honest with you, I think uh, I think time has healed that wounds. So. If you're ever feeling down about making a guy you know in Jess Seaman, give it time. Give it time. <laughs> uh, God, a lot of my living situations have been sad stories. And uh, this isn't a I don't want to make you cry. This isn't, it's not a cry off. Uh, another place that I lived uh, for a period of time. Let's see here. Oh, I'm drawing a blank all of a sudden. I lived with a female roommate named Lindsay for a while. 
Uh, that was cool. She was a stripper. And all my buddies would always be like, did you fuck her yet? Did you fuck her? I'm like, no. Can't, you can't do that, right? You can't shit where you eat. You can't, you know, combine forces like that. That's wrong. And uh, they would give me so much trouble about it. One of my buddies, Sean in particular, we would always go drinking. We'd be talking. And eventually, we'd come up with a conversation. And then finally, I was like, dude, like, you've been dating Rebecca for like six years. Like, are you guys going to get married? He was like, no, I'm not. Why buy the cow when you get the milk for free? When are you going to fuck Lindsay? And I was like, well, why buy the cow when the cow brings home other cows of equal or greater value? <laughs> I'm not a farmer. But we're doing pretty good. Not very lonely. Um, let's see here. I, uh... I kind of lived in an RV that was parked in the front yard of my dad's house when I was 16. Uh, he had it parked on the side of the house. The cops wrote him a ticket, and he, like, went full Republican and was like, this is my land. I'll do whatever I want on my – I'll park it in my front yard. I don't give a shit. And he did. Um, so being in high school, it's kind of embarrassing to have an RV just parked on your little California yard. Uh, so I kind of moved in there and started smoking pot like it was my own apartment, like I made it cool. You have an RV in your yard? Yeah, it's the fucking cannabis club. Come on in. Have a, have a toke. Uh, actually, uh, one thing I used to do when I was younger and I'd smoke weed is I would burn toast so that way my dad couldn't smell the weed. He'd just walk in and he'd smell burnt toast. Uh, but like after like a while of doing this, he eventually came in, and I hadn't burned the toast yet. Like It was just starting to simmer, and it was coming out, and he was like, I smell marijuana. And he's like, oh, he's like, I thought you were retarded. I thought you couldn't make toast. You're just smoking weed? <laughs> Why would you waste all that toast? And I was like, I was just covering my tracks like a good pogey. Uh, when I was in high school, me and my dad had a huge falling out. We became mortal enemies uh, for a good period of time. And I ended up living with my godmother, who was a horrible bitch. Uh, like, if she got bone cancer, I might dance. All right, I might. Um, I was playing football, but I was ineligible. So for the whole entire year, I just had to practice, and I couldn't play in any games. Whenever game time would come, I'd have to go sit up in the bleachers, but I was allowed to practice with the team. There's 10 games in a season, and our homecoming game was the ninth game. So we'd have ninth game and then 10th game, end of the season. Finally, grades came in, and I was eligible again. So I got put in starting in all the fucking positions. I was ready to go. Everyone's all celebrating, right? We do Monday, Tuesday practice, Wednesday practice. Uh, I find out that my grandmother dies in Missouri. So now I've got to catch a flight out there. So, but the plan is, is I'm going to catch this flight, and I'm going to come back, and I'll make it in time for the game. Because I've been practicing for, like, you know, even into the summertime, trying to, like, make this happen. And uh, this godmother was such a bitch she wouldn't drive me to the airport. She would just drive me to a hotel that would give me a shuttle to the airport. But the only time this shuttle was leaving was at like four o'clock in the morning. And my flight wasn't until like three in the afternoon. And even though my grandmother died, this bitch took me to the fucking hotel and I rode this thing in. I sat at the airport forever. I get in Missouri, I land. She calls my mom, and she's like, hey, I can't handle living with a teenager. This is over. He's staying out there. And I was like, what? And I was like, what, what was the thing that, like, pushed you over the edge? And she was like, you, you left your cereal bowl in the sink. You didn't rinse and load. And I was like, so you're going to take away everything? 
And I was like, that's it, fuck you. So I'm like, all right, fine. I just have to adjust to this new situation. And it sounds bad and sad, but the light to this was the football team was so upset that I got yanked away from them that a bunch of guys went and spray painted my number on her garage door and uh, like threw like eggs and shit at her house. I don't know. That's where I used to live. Yeah. But uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, this is the story I wanted to tell you. Uh, when I go on the road and I do comedy, sometimes you stay in a comedy condo, uh, which is just like a house that the club rents to save money on hotels and make an investment they can turn around and sell whenever they try to, uh, decide to do that. And the one comedy condo, I can't tell you where it is, um, but the setup was you would go there and then one of the managers from the club lived there. So you were just like in this guy's house, like this awkward Airbnb kind of a situation. And uh, we start smoking dope and we're drinking vodka, we're having fun, hanging out. And on the very last day, I'm like, all right, man, I'm hitting the sack, you know, take it easy. And I get up to go to bed and he goes, did you just preposition me? And I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, this sounds like I prepared like mortgage documents. I didn't. And I was like, what? And he goes, did you preposition me? And I was like, I, I said I was going to bed. And he's oh, okay, never mind then, never mind then. So I go into my room, there's no lock on the door. So now I've got to slide an armchair in front of it. Like, I know it's not going to prevent him from coming in, like, but it'll at least wake me up when Captain Creep comes to claim his bounty, right? I'll be like, fucking, you know, we're all going to die. And uh, so then I can't sleep, I stay awake. The way this place is, is apparently there was a lot of break-ins. All right, so this house, unlike any other houses in the neighborhood, has like bars on the window. There's some advanced security system on the door to where you can't just unlock it. Like in a fire, we're all fucked. We're dead. We're not going to make the show. It's over. So I'm like freaking out. Like, what's going to, like, how am I supposed to fucking break out of here? Like, you know, I might be in Tijuana by sunrise being some fucking, I don't know what, what's happening. So I fucking, I ride it out. I go to the airport. I get booked at this club again, and I completely forget about it. And I'm like, Fuck. So I go on the website to like try to find out if maybe something's changed. The guy died. The fucking old professional perv man died. Cancer. It takes the bad ones too. Okay, it, ta- it takes the good ones, but it does take the bad ones too. And uh, that's it for me. That's the places I've lived. And uh, you want me to rap or you want me to still go? It's your choice. Son of a bitch, we're gonna get hot. The thing I hate the most, uh, having lived in the Midwest, is I have to go back there. And a lot of my comedy roots are, uh, are based there, so I have to do touring there. And it's always like, you know, you think of the people that say, like, all lives matter is, like, somewhat of annoying and not really grasping, like, the political issue. But that's, like, the best shit that I could be saying, all right? There's far worse things than they're saying out there. A lot of mean hashtags floating around. Uh, but I, I go back there and I, I want to tell people, like, because I don't know how to, you know, make the political system better or how to fucking change people's concepts of, you know, their races or nationality or anything like that. But I do know how to negotiate with white people. <laughs> and that's where the skill comes into play. See, if you want white people to relate to you, you can't talk on a human issue, all right? Because they don't understand that. They don't relate to that. You have to do an animal analogy. That's the key. People love animals. Some guy gets shot in the street. It's sad, but I can't do nothing cat gets stuck up in the tree. I got a ladder. I got ropes and shit. Like, I'm going to get that cat down. All right, we're going to save him. So anytime people are like, you know, well, 
You know, I think the, the Black Lives Matter hashtag is inappropriate. It should be All Lives Matter. And you go, well, listen here, fella. Okay, imagine we're not people. Okay, we're not people. Imagine that we're bears. <laughs> we're bears, okay? And now these bears over here, those bears are endangered. But just because we say these bears are endangered doesn't mean we want you to kill all the other bears. <laughs> We're just saying these bears are having a tough time. <laughs> so yes, all the bears matter. <laughs> but we're worried about these bears. <laughs> these bears right here. Now it's not gonna stop, because the problem with this thing is a lot of people just wanna hate and they wanna argue. So they're gonna come back, well that's bullshit. All right, my uncle was a forest park ranger and he said all bears get fucked up. <laughs> yeah, but these bears <laughs> are getting really fucked up. We gotta watch out for these bears. That's bullshit, that's bullshit. If you're a bear, you're one of the most powerful animals in the animal kingdom, all right? So if you get fucked up, that was you behaving badly, son. That's why all the bears... Be no. No. We're all bears. But these bears... They're getting fucked up. And that's, that's all. You just got to hold out. Just keep bringing them back there. Bears can make this place a better place. Bears care. All right? We learned that a long time ago. Sure, they steal a picnic basket from time to time. But in the end... <laughs> So that was my little story. I see, if I was seem a little off, that's because I woke up and started doing shrooms at nine in the morning for some <laughs> god awful impulsive fucking reason. Yeah, I just fucking like I, I woke up and I'm like, oh, I'm hungover. I should take some mushrooms. This is gonna <laughs> help out. Now, now I'm hungover on mushrooms. Wait, I didn't think this out. I didn't plan right. I never plan right. That's why in my current residence I have two cats. Yeah, I was like, let's go down to the Humane Society. Let's see what's going on. Ha, pain and suffering. That's what they got going on. They're like, you like this cute little guy? He's pretty nice, right? You put your finger up there, he rubs against it. You want to take him home? No, we're going to kill him. Yes. <laughs> Snuff out his fuzzy little life. I couldn't handle that. I was like, what? Also, but I didn't know the proper procedure to order a cat. I've never done that before. I just looked like a dummy. Like, hey, that cat, let me get him. Excuse me? That cat. Let me get him. Well, it's one cat for $29.99, or you can get two for 40 Double them up, bitch. Let's roll. <laughs> I got a van and a credit card. I want all the cats. All of them. Put them in boxes. Stack them up. Let's make a movement happen. They limit you to two. All right, you can't go past two. <laughs> got to keep it at two. Now I get home. Now it's just me and the fucking cats. Like, I got so caught up in liberating them, I didn't realize I just made a 15-year decision at the drop of a hat. I gotta become pack leader now. I gotta step up. I gotta cover the needs of my, you know, furry brethren. Got my gray cat, Smokey's laying on my tummy. I'm petting him, right? It's a tender father thing moment. Like, here we are. We're bonded. We're becoming a pack. All of a sudden, big white worm shoots out of his ass. Yeah, so now I got a cat with worms and vomit on my bed because I threw up immediately, okay? You don't see a white worm shoot out of a butthole and walk away okay, right? Unless it's like Miley Cyrus. You're like, okay, I saw that one coming. I can understand that. 
Guys, I'm Steve Poggi. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of the show. Steve Poggi, hooray! On his way to go do cheaper than therapy. Yay! Your next comedian is from China. He used to live in China. <laughs> that is a strange ex-location. I'm excited to hear. I don't know. I think that's fucking cool, man. Uh, you're going to hear all the wonderful things he has to say. Put your hands together for Sean Chow. All right. Um, thank you, guys. Um, my name is Chow. I'm straight out from China. And... Um, which is your best friend and worst enemy. Uh, <laughs> if anyone over here don't know where China is, just like, do this and find a tag on your shirt or clothes, you'll find out. <laughs> um, oh man, I, I'm nervous right now, and this is the, fir- the fourth time I'm doing the stand-up comedy. And English is not my first language, so uh, in the next 10 minutes, you're gonna listen uh, some fucked up shit uh, in my fucked up English with my fucked up accent. So you guys ready? Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, but you know, uh, the bright side is, you know, you can, you know, look at me. I'm the mascot of China, chopsticks. Like, you know. <laughs> uh, I'm skinny as fuck, uh, I know. Did I just give myself a new nickname? Chopsticks? Don't, don't call me that. If you call me that, I eat your dog. <laughs> uh, nah, I'm kidding. I don't eat. I don't eat dogs. I love dogs. I had a dog, actually. Uh, I had. It's not what you're thinking. Um, I had a dog. I love her. Uh, she spent like more than a decade with me, and she passed away uh, when I was here in. America, like uh, two years ago, uh, at age of 17, so not pretty bad, right? But on a date of Thanksgiving, <sighs> so I don't know. I wasn't there. Maybe my parents in China just didn't know where to find a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm skinny, at, but you know, I I love my body, as you know as long as it's skinny, because um, <sighs> this body makes this situation down here looks more serious. Because <laughs> I'm a Chinese, and the last time a girl pulled down my pants, she pointed at me, laughed at me about five seconds, and she cries for herself until today. <laughs> I just, I still fucked her. Who cares? <laughs> like, who, who cares? I st- you know, I can find a hole. Um, <laughs> uh, what else am I going to say? Oh, yeah. But, you know, as long as I'm skinny, people always ask me, like, was that camp really bad? I was like, fuck you, man. I'm from China, not North Korea. Ashba. <laughs> oh, Ashba means goddammit in Korean, I guess. I, I don't know, but... In a, you see, like, language is a funny thing. It's interesting, because language is the, the most important thing that separates human beings from animals, right? And I'm lucky, I'm Chinese, cause, so I understand the hardest one on the planet. I'm not calling you guys savages, but <laughs> who can even argue? Like, 
Uh, do you have any idea how much benefits I can take out of that? Like, I can fuck with you in Chinese anytime I want. Like, I can go down the stage, like, right now, and shake this man's hand with smile, and goes like, and I walk away. You know that, right? But, you know, you, at least you're going to smile back because I was acting like cool. But actually, that means fuck your mother, you stupid fuck. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I think you already got my point. Right? <laughs> uh, somebody going to shoot me in my head, either with bullets or come one day. I know, because <laughs> I'm an asshole, I know. But I like to think I'm a good person, but... I don't know, man. I always got pissed by people. Like sometimes when they do something like, not even directly to me, I just want to cut them head off. That's not fair. Like <laughs> this morning, yeah, like this morning I was in, I was in the elevator, right? And uh, which is in the tall building, like 30 floors or whatever. And um, the elevator was crowded. And I was grumpy, because nobody is happy at 7 a.m. So so I was like, so like just just grumpy, angry, like, and I still try to be nice with persons. So yeah, yeah, good morning, yeah, yeah. And I was about to late, and I need to go to the top floor, 30. So I was like, fucking hurry up, guys, hurry up. And finally, the last guy came in and was like, yeah, sorry, excuse me, sorry, I'm late. And he got in the elevator, he pressed number two. At that moment, I can feel something like snapped in the back of my head. I just want to hold this motherfucker down <laughs> and grab his asshole inside out so it can cover his fucking dumb face. And I can fold him uh, so he will be in like the fittest position like, with his head in his fucking back butthole. Like, so dark and so I can throw him out of the elevator like fuck it's how you ma time wasting motherfucker shabby like <laughs> I don't know I don't know that's violence right but uh, I hate people like jumping to the conclusion like very fast um like my dad, he he's the worst and um he always gives give me this speech I just want to go, what the fuck? Like, uh, he, he, always, he always saying, like, uh, America is the most evil country on the planet. Yeah, right? And um, people with tattoos, just disre dis disrespectful his own body, like, and uh, gay people are disgusting. And he sent me to the San Francisco <laughs> with a lot of gays with tattoos, so... Oh, I don't know, maybe because my dad, is, maybe he's a fucking communist. <laughs> so he's, I don't know, I'm not one of them, like, fuck that. Um, if, like, I, I hate, I don't know, people always, like, um, you're, you're from China, maybe you're a communist. No, I'm not. I hate that party. Like, if your leader of your party is lying in a crystal coffin, your party has a big fucking problem. <laughs> Fuck, fuck dictators, like. <laughs> um, but I don't know if you ever been China or you know Chinese people a lot. Uh, maybe you will find out that um, we never try to be a decent human being in the public. 
like we we cutting your lines, right? <laughs> we spit on the ground. We talk a uh, talk loud. We dump shit in anywhere, but not a trash can. <laughs> but um, we've been living on this planet for like five thousand years. So, so what the fuck you know? But <laughs> <laughs> but we fucked up for time to time. You know, people people die. But I think it's just killed weakness. <laughs> Do you know, <laughs> yeah, it's mother nature, let them do the job. And <laughs> do you know the, the accident that happened in China, Beijing, a couple months ago? Like a woman who got out of her car and tried to switch seats with her husband in the safari park. Like she didn't, like, <sighs> man, when you're in the safari park, the first number one rule is never get out of your fucking car. And she did, she just didn't follow the rule. And when she was out, a big cat came out and carried her away and injured her badly. I mean, what a sad story. Even Tiger doesn't trust Asian woman driving skills. <laughs> <laughs> Is that racist? I don't know. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, ch <sighs> fuck. <laughs> And um, the last thing I'm gonna say, is that 10 minutes? Yeah, you have 10 minutes. One minute left? Oh, cool, perfect. Um, man, people always say like uh, China has the most population on the planet, and um, I had no idea before, because I was in China, obviously. <laughs> I can, I can, I, I see Chinese all the fucking time, so I had no idea. But when I got got out of the SFO like last month, I was actually looking for the flag of the United States of America. I was like, shit, did I just did I just fly above China for like twelve hours and land in the same fucking place like I just flew off? What the <laughs> like we're fucking everywhere. Oh my god. And I was I was on the street, right? I was dragging my luggage and and I, I the, another Chinese saw me and he was like, fucking get out. Go back to China, you motherfucker. Like, that's how many people we got. <laughs> Make another Chinese to be a racist <laughs> to another Chinese. But <sighs> you guys have been very good and nice, you know, even though I'm, just, I'm not that funny. <laughs> but you still like look at me like, eh, this guy is. All right, but so <laughs> anyway, thank you, thank you very much. Have a good night. Thank you, John Chow. Yay! All the way from China. Love it. You're very funny. You're uh, for being so new. You're you're killing it, and I. And racism isn't if it's about yourself. Somehow it's much more palatable. Isn't that great? I can make fun of white bitches all day long. What? Fun times. Yay! Uh, your next comedian is a super funny lady. She's writing notes uh, on her little uh, pad and doing her thing. She has a show on Thursdays called Ask a Divorcee. You guys are going to love her. Put your hands together for Annette Mullaney! Yay. Hey, guys. How's it going? Um... Yeah, so uh, sometimes I've been in San Francisco now for about seven years, and I still get accused of being sex negative. 
Yeah, in fact, I think uh, it's increasing the amount of times this happens. Like, just because I've turned down a couple orgies with my roommates. Um, they didn't tell me to orgy them. They wanted to take me to an orgy party where presumably you could orgy with whomever you wanted. Um, and you know, I was a little tempted because they said that there would be a cheese plate and uh, some cookies. I just thought it would be better for everyone involved if I didn't sit in the corner of the orgy stuffing my face with cheese and making this expression. Because I'm not big into watching people bang. Um, but you know, it's weird to me because I kind of consider myself like a bit of a slut. And in fact, I think in about 90% of the world, I am a slut. It's just that that 10% is concentrated in San Francisco. But there's a lot of places where I would be an inveterate slut, like, uh, for example, Syria, right? Like, I would be a huge slut in Syria. Um, and I know this because uh, I used to live in Syria, and ya Allah was I a slut. Was I a fucking slut in Syria? Um, I know the Middle East gets a bad rap. I did live there before the war in Syria, kind of obviously. Um, but I just have to report that like the only thing that blew up was my phone. And the only thing that got killed was my pussy. Yeah, that's right. Had a good time. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that's actually a lie, though, because I did once have a car bomb in my neighborhood blow up. But anyway, it was fun. Like, it blew up. It woke us up in the morning. And then me and my mother-in-law walked down to see what was happening. Everyone was kind of, like, kicking around the exploded car. It had a very low body count. I mean, this was before the war, so... You know, it wasn't like what was going on in uh, Lebanon every day. Um, so I moved to Syria at the age of 22, as you do, right? You graduate college, what are you going to do? Um, you know, like I wanted something that would freak out my parents, but not too much, right? Like Syria at the time, it wasn't Pakistan, it wasn't Iraq. It was a junior member of the Axis of Evil, like affiliated, but not even important enough to make the top three. Um, it was kind of like having, you know, like maybe a boyfriend with a tasteful neck tattoo, but not a face tattoo, not that level of danger. <laughs> um, but like I said, I did super well in Syria, uh, maybe like a little bit too well. Uh, I got married, um, although Pam mentioned the name of my podcast, uh, Ask a Divorcee, so maybe you can guess how that went. <laughs> um, but yeah, so just to give you an idea of... Um, like why I went to Syria in the first place. So a year before I moved there, um, I was studying abroad in Egypt, uh, as you do. Um, <laughs> there's, uh, there's really three types of people at this point. This was like, what, 2006? There's three types of people who study abroad in Egypt or who try to move to Syria or who do any of this dumb shit. Um, number one is uh, future CIA officers. <laughs> yeah, no, there were fuck tons of them. and. Uh, <laughs> Oh my God, everywhere, everywhere you went, like you'd be at a party, because um, I had an apartment in Cairo, whereas most of the foreigners lived in dorms, so I had a lot of parties. And these fucking future CIA of America would like, I mean, they already had sticks in their spines. They stood so ramrod straight. It was inspiring for my yoga poses. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, so you had those kids, and they would like fucking, they would say the most racist shit about Egyptians. Like I literally overheard two of them talking to each other, saying like, Man, we're going to be so in once they found out that we've lived among the enemy. 
six months, six months in Egypt, and they're like living among the enemy. I'm like, everyone you pass on the way to like school every day is your enemy. All the other Egyptians, because we were at uh, the American University in Cairo, which is American in pedagogy, not in student body. So it's like 90% Egyptian, like 5% foreign Arabs, and then like 5% fucking drunk ass Americans. Um, so that's number one is the future CIA of America. Uh, number two is literature students. Um, you know, and they like are there for classical Arabic and they're the only kids who actually learn how to speak it really well. And number three is white bitches who love Arab men. <laughs> Guess which one I was. <laughs> oh my God, this culture is so beautiful and the men are just even better. Um, but yeah, so I was in Cairo, uh, decided I wanted to check out Syria, um, took a bus to a ferry to a bus kind of got caught at the border with Syria. Um, so I hitchhiked into Damascus, um, made it there. Uh, the first car that uh, I flagged down had a family who were going from Saudi to uh, back to Syria. Um, man, kid, pregnant wife, they had no seats. So I rode into Damascus for two hours with the pregnant lady on my lap. Um, <laughs> got dropped off at night in the old city, went to a bar. They were playing Rihanna. And I was able to order Jack Daniels at a bar, which after Cairo was a revelation, right? Like Cairo in 2006, like now it's actually even worse. It's hard to get alcohol. There's one place called Drinkies, and it sold alcohol from one distillery. And this was the only distillery you could trust. As we were told in our student orientation, uh, kids have gone blind. It's not good alcohol, but this alcohol will keep you alive. Um, so I walk in and I could get Jack Daniels, I could get every kind of foreign liquor. Uh, at this bar, I saw a cute dude, I walked up to him and I was like, hey, you know some good places to dance? Um, I ended up at his place. And in the morning I met his sister and she brought us a fruit plate and cheese. I was like, this is my fucking, I'm about this place. Uh, didn't have to orgy anyone ever. Got cheese. I was in it. Um, so I moved to Syria about a year later. Um, and pretty soon I met the dude who would become my uh, future ex-husband, romantic, I know. Thank you for that. Um, and you know, my perhaps what is considered in San Francisco lack of sexual adventurousness, not a problem. Um, I'd like, I would in general put my sexual strategy on par with Comcast's uh, customer service. <laughs> Right, like, it only works because there's a monopoly. Um, but like, when I met my husband, he was a virgin, whereas I was an American, right? So, <laughs> yeah. So everything that he learned about real sex, he learned through me. And I control that information, much like his government. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, you know, women don't work during sex. Uterus will fall out, science. Um, <laughs> blowjobs, they're a myth that, uh, <laughs> perpetuated by porn. Um, but like, he had, he didn't have a lot of problems with this. Monogamy, the kind of like, one item menu of sexual, of, uh, sexual things that I offered up, not a problem. And it makes sense if I think about it, because, um, give you a little background on Syria. So like, 
up until about 2003, 2004, um, if you wanted a car in Syria, like let's say in the 90s, you went to the government and you put in an order for a car and then you waited seven to nine years and then you got a car. You had no choice <laughs> in what kind of car, what color, what option. You didn't pay a variable amount. It was you put down this amount of money and we'll see you in you know, less than a decade and you will have a car. Um, you wanted a phone, you put in a request, <laughs> and they hooked you up maybe like, you know, 12 months later, 18 months later. He was used to this. He was fine. <laughs> uh, he wasn't used to like a lot of choices. Um, oh, what did that remind me of? Choices, Syria, fucking, ah, balls. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So yeah, he did have one kind of unorthodox, or I guess, you know, a little bit off the menu request, um, which was he wanted to try this thing called brush. Now, um, I don't know if his virginity or just your general ideas of what, uh, you know, the single scene is like in the Arab world. It's not super swinging in Syria, but it's not nothing. Um, and brush is how a lady can preserve her hymen uh, while still giving a dude a little bit of fun. It's not that. Um, it's intercural sex, which is between the thighs. Yeah, no, this <laughs> uh, practiced among. Uh, you know how people always think that like Greeks were like just fucking each other in the ass all the time. Actually, did a lot of thigh sex. Uh, you know, the guy gets a little bit of fun, and the lady's like there to cheer him on and watch, and you know, not really get much for her. Gotta say. Uh, but yeah, so he would be like, let's do brush. Cause like, let's say you're like a Syrian dude. You're growing up. Like this is when your friends hook up. This is what they do, right? Like you get to, you get together with your friends. Like, man, did you brush her? Um, and so he always wanted to do brush. And I'm like, I don't think you quite understand. I'm an American. No one gives a shit about my hymen. We can just fuck. Um, that's actually a lie too. Cause somebody did give a shit about my hymen in Syria. Um, so within a couple months of moving in, uh, through friends of friends, I found uh, this family I could live with. Um, their son was studying in England, so they had this spare bedroom. Um, they didn't speak any English. They were pretty chill, an older couple. They did have one son about my age, which normally you'd think like, you know, you probably don't want to bring like a young single girl into your household if you have a son who is within a couple years of her. Um, but he was a midget, and I kind of feel like that influenced their choice. Uh, not to, you know, not to talk bad on midgets. Um, he had just finished law school, but there were no jobs, so he just kind of sat around the house all day. I went off to the university where I was studying uh, Arabic. Um, but he had a particular interest in my sexual life. Um, so, like, every night we would watch the TV with his mom and his dad, and if anything... Uh, came on like an American movie with girls in bikinis. Very, very seriously, he would always turn to me and be like, would you wear that? Would you wear that in America? And I'm like, well, not, you know, to the office, but like <laughs> if the time and place called for it. Um, but yeah, so he, uh, <laughs> I moved out of that apartment after a couple months when uh, he found my tampons and questioned me as to whether I was really a virgin. Um, I had lied and said that I was, but it wasn't the tampons. Um, <laughs> wasn't the tampons that did it. Um, I do get asked a lot, like, what was it like, you know, was it hard to be a woman in Syria? 
Um, and actually, it uh, was pretty cool because it meant that I got to like hang out with women in a way that a lot of dudes I know who traveled in the Middle East didn't. Um, so even my dude friends in Syria, they told me shit like, you know, women don't swear. That's fucking bullshit. They just don't swear around you. Um, they also taught me a very important word. Um, so I don't know like, if you've ever heard any Arabic insults, but the one that usually comes up is sharmuta, which means uh, whore. There's a worse word. It's kahbe. And like, this word is so bad that when my friend was telling me this word in a cafe, I was like, she was like, it's kahbe. And I was like, kahbe? And she's like, oh my fucking God, dude, keep it down. Now this word is worse than sharmuta, because a sharmuta is a woman who has sex for money. A kahbe is a woman who has sex because she likes it. <laughs> the worst fucking thing you could be. <laughs> uh, but anyways, let's see if I have anything good to end on. Um, I guess, uh, you know, so we did get divorced, my husband and I. Uh, and a lot of people wonder, is it because, you know, he was Muslim and he was super controlling? And that's not the reason. It was a really hard transition coming to the United States for both of us. But I'm glad to know that you're voting for Trump. Okay, thank you guys. <laughs> Syria hanging out with us here tonight. That's right. Just for this. Taking a plane, getting her mermaid hair on. Love it. Swam over all the way from Syria. Uh, yeah. Uh, your next comedian, I actually don't know what weird place he lived in. I can't imagine. You look so normal. So I'm excited to see what kind of crazy things have happened in your life. You guys put your hands together. The very funny Jeff Dean. So, um, I'm from Reno. That's the spot. Yeah, that's like the only place like the most bland white guy could come from that's like strange, you know? Definitely not Syria. Um, yeah, Reno's an interesting place. It's the only place you can be from where people can just openly shit on it. Like, <laughs> like you know, like if you're from Fargo, North Dakota, like I'm sure that sucks, but you don't get it in a lift line and people are like, oh, Reno, that fucking sucks. Fargo, it's terrible. It's like totally acceptable, but it's fine. It does suck, you know? Um, whenever I tell my friends I'm from Reno, they're like, oh my God, Reno, it's like, or, or when I tell my friends I'm doing comedy, they're like, oh, my God, just tell them you're from Reno. Like, there's a pool of jokes, you know? Um, like, talk about prostitutes. Like, they're funny, right? And, like, the only problem is I don't have any experience with prostitutes. Like, I tried, you know? Like, like I was in high school, and I was rolling down 4th Street. That's where all the prosties are. That's what the cool Reno kids call them, the prosties. And, uh, yeah. And I, you know... So I was rolling down the street. I saw them wearing their uniform, if you will, you know. I watch a lot of Nightline, so I know. And uh, I made my signal, and, like, they didn't respond, like, at all. They didn't pay any attention to me. Um, and I thought, maybe they're not prostitutes, you know, or, like, maybe they're not into the whole bicycle thing, you know. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's like I had pegs, like, in a motel and everything. Like, my mom was a dealer, you know, we couldn't afford 
a car, you know, blackjack dealer, guys. <laughs> She's a blackjack dealer. Yeah. Um, Reno gets a lot of flack. Like, uh, Amy, like comedians shit on Reno a lot too. Like Amy Schumer uh, said that it was a dump and people got upset like, oh my God, she called it a dump. I'm like, Jesus Christ, they could say so many worse things. <laughs> there was an article on the Reno Gazette Journal, um, Reno's best news source, about, about the issues like what Amy Schumer had wrong about Reno. And there were four typos in it. It's like, <laughs> like are you serious? Um, also, like, there's the Muppets movie. Yeah. So I'm watching the Muppets movie, right, with a friend. We're having a movie night, you know? And uh, there's this scene where Fozzie the bear has, like, a nightmare or something. And he wakes up, he, he's, like, in his nightmare, he's this, like, failed comedian in Reno, Nevada. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> And like, it was, it was way too real, you know? Because it's like so possible, you know? Like, my parents live there, it's free rent. I'm like a failing comedian, you know? <laughs> Fuck. And my friends, <laughs> yeah. My friend's like, are you okay? Like, why are you crying? This is the Muppets. This is ridiculous. Oh my God, it's tough. Um, the worst part about Reno, though, is that it's only four hours away, you know? Um, like, my parents always want me to come back, and I don't really have an excuse. Like, it's not far enough. Um, and I hate going back to Reno, because uh, I'll go to bars and I'll see my high school friends, you know, like, still wearing their letter Letterman jackets and, like, and they're, they're like, oh, my God, Jeff, I just bought a new home. I'm a homeowner. I'm so excited. And I'm like, that's great. That's, you know, I just... Moved into a living room, yeah. <laughs> That's so s sweet. And like, I'm remodeling, you know. I just put in wood floors. Like, I'm really excited about it. I'm like, it's awesome. I just bought a new curtain. Like, I'm using it as a wall. And I, <laughs> it's like a huge upgrade from the beads that I used to have. Like, <laughs> the material it's so thick. Like, you have no idea what's going on back there. You know, <laughs> nothing. Nothing's going on back there. Nothing, nothing with anyone else, at least, you know? Tip, if you live with someone who's living in your living room, do not use the paper towels in the kitchen. Because it's like they're used for kitchen and bedroom purposes, you know? <laughs> Gross, right? <laughs> um, but now I'm in San Francisco. I love it here. It's like so, you know, it's so progressive, you know? Like... My mind, I used to be so closed-minded, now I'm so open-minded, you know, like, and like I used to be so anal, you know, and now that I'm in San Francisco, everything's changed, you know, like, when I used to pack for trips, for instance, if I'm going on a five-day trip, I'd bring five pairs of pants, five pairs of shirts, five pairs of socks, but I'd always bring eight pairs of underwears, always, always three extra pairs, because you never know, like, when you're going to have an accident, you know? And, um, or like three, and <laughs> yeah. But when, in San Francisco, like you never have to worry about having accidents, because like you can just shit anywhere. It's totally cool. <laughs> like if you're ever in a bind, like just go outside, at least. Like please go outside. <laughs> that's, that's the acceptable thing to do. Um, 
Yeah, I'm new to the city though, and it's tough meeting friends. I didn't see this coming. I always thought I was fairly social, but I'm just trying to like meet guy friends, you know, guys to watch the game with, like Jeopardy even, like, you know. And <laughs> it's tough, like, but the other day I met a guy uh, I'm pretty excited about, it, and we didn't need like an app or anything. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm texting him at work, and I'm like, hey, you want to get a burrito after work? And he says, you know, and, well, the bubbles come up on my phone, and I'm like really excited, like he's texting me back, you know? <laughs> and uh, then they go away, and it's like, well, what was that? You know? and, and then an hour later, he says, hey, man, sorry, I already had a burrito for lunch. Maybe next time. And it's like, I just wanted to get a meal of food, you know? Like a sandwich would have been cool. <laughs> anyway, anyway, like... Next week, we rescheduled, so that was exciting. I said, hey, you want to watch a Warriors game at my place? And he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I just got off work. I'm on my way. And he was going to beat me to my place, so I texted him, OMW, you know, which is casual for on my way, you know, but it autocorrected to on my way, exclamation point. <laughs> so now I'm looking really needy, like, <laughs> shit, you know? And when we get there, um, Another thing I didn't think about, I should have told him, is that I live in a living room. You know? Yeah. And that's tough. You know, so it's not like a living room. Like, I don't sleep on a couch or anything. Like, I have a bed and a curtain for a wall. I told you that already. Anyway, um, so two straight guys sitting on a bed. Uh, I don't have a cable or a TV, so we're streaming the game on my uh my computer on my knees, you know, and uh, my speakers don't work, so we're sharing headphones. <laughs> so, yeah, he didn't call me back. <laughs> it's hard making friends. Girls make it seem so easy. I was at this party and these two girls met. For the first time, they meet for the first time. Ten minutes later, they're like, oh my God, it was so great meeting you. Like, we should get manicures together. Give me your number. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, do you have any idea how hard it is for me to get another guy's number? <laughs> like, I, I have to hang out with him through mutual friends like 10 times and then leave my sweater in his car or something <laughs> so I can ask said mutual friend, like, what's John's number? What, so I can ask him to get a burrito, you know? The worst part is, like, if we were to get a burrito one-on-one, -on -one, like, one-on-one -on -one time with another guy is terrifying. It's, like, the worst. Like, if I'm hanging out with two other guys and one goes to the bathroom, I have a panic attack <laughs> until he comes back. It's, like, I think that's why I've been hanging out with girls mostly. Like, most of my friends are girls. I'm just friend-zoning it hard. Um, and my friends from Reno, they're, like... They think I'm becoming too feminine, you know, because I hang out with so many girls. It's like, why? Because I thought Legally Blonde was ahead of its time, you know? <laughs> Which it was. Um, yeah, or because I f am the first to friend request, you know? I don't know. Anyway, it's tough out there. Uh, so I'm, I, I broke up with my girlfriend recently. She's one of the reasons I moved here. And uh, the first thing I did was get on Bumble. I was so excited about it. Um, yeah, and uh, I thought like girls were going to be blowing up my phone because on Bumble, the girls have to make the first move. Like I bought a portable charger and everything, <laughs> I, and I got no use out of it. Like it was the worst. I did all the best practices. I took pictures with a dog, you know. 
I uh, I took my friends hiking and told them to take pictures of me because all my pictures were with my ex-girlfriend. Like I'd turn around and be like, oh my God, I didn't see you there. You know, like with the tripod and everything. Like what? <laughs> Such thoughtful friends I have. But no, they just, you know, you match with girls and they don't respond. You just feel like you're banging on a glass door. Like, or a, gla- like a glass box and just these hot girls are just pointing and laughing from the outside. Um, now I'm trying not to use apps when I talk to girls. I got in a Lyft line the other day, and a Lyft line is just an Uber pool. And I got matched with this girl, and she was pretty cute. And I thought, um, maybe I'll ask this girl out, you know. And I said, hey, instead of going home, why don't we get some wings? And I don't know why I chose wings. It was a bad choice looking back. <laughs> I know that now. She batted her eyelashes all cute and flirty, you know, and she's like, I'm sorry, I'm a vegetarian. And like, I could have asked if she wanted to get a falafel, but I got the hint, you know. Um, and I got home, and you know how Lyft line, it, 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 it gives you the first name of the person that you're riding with? So I looked her up online, which like, I'm really good at. Like, if your name is Jessica and you went to Chico State, like, I'll find you, you know? <laughs> And that's, and that's impressive. Like, do you have any idea how many Jessicas went to Chico State? <laughs> 284. <laughs> between the ages of 23 and 27. Um, yeah, and I've, the worst part is I found out she had a boyfriend. And I was like, why didn't she just use the boyfriend out, you know, when you tell someone you have a boyfriend? Like, I get that all the time, like, usually from girls that don't have boyfriends. <laughs> and I, small world, I saw her again the next week. And I did something very out of character, very ballsy, you know. And I said, hey, I looked you up online. um, (laughs) And I saw that you have a boyfriend. And and I was like, why didn't you just tell me? Like, it's not even lying. Just use the boyfriend out. And she said, I didn't want you to think I would go out with you if you didn't have a boyfriend. Or if I didn't have a boyfriend. And that's, that's tough, you know. But the worst part is I looked at her Instagram. And she posted a pastrami sandwich. Like, she's not even a vegetarian. (laughs) Are you kidding me? It's rough. Everyone, like, when I tell that joke, people are like, Jeff, you're really creepy. And it's like, (laughs) fuck you guys. All of you people look up girls online, you know? Or, like, you don't even do criminal background checks before a date. You know, and you're thinking, Jeff, you're a guy. What do you have to worry about? You know, you're, you're not going to be threatened. And it's like, just because I'm a guy doesn't mean I'm not vulnerable, you know? Anyway, that's, <laughs> I'm Jeff. That's my time. Thanks, guys. Very funny, the very vulnerable Jeff Dean. Yay! And then yay! Reno's a fucked up place. That's good. It's really fucked you up. That's good. Uh, hey, guys, we have another lady up for you tonight. You guys are, should be super excited. She's very, very funny. Uh, put your hands together right now for Brooke Matherly. Yay! Thank you very much, folks. So um, my strange ex location, I actually lived in New Zealand for about a year and a half, um, which was lovely, honestly. It's a great country. Um The only thing I didn't like about traveling as an American abroad was understanding that people automatically associate America and McDonald's, and that's about it. (laughs) 
But it kind of makes sense. Our nationality is, in a way, the McDonald's of nationalities. It's kind of easy to access. You know exactly what you're getting. You'll probably regret having it later. <laughs> right around the moment when Donald Trump is running for president. <laughs> I wasn't in the country for that, by the way. So I was just constantly being like held up at bars, like, explain Trump. <laughs> could not do it. I'm not there right now. I have no part in this issue. Uh, for those of you that aren't so familiar with New Zealand, uh, it's a small island country. It's two islands, north and south. Most people live, travel in the North Island. I went immediately south, mostly because of this travel poster I saw in the airport that said, the South Island, 33% more land, 75% less people. <laughs> Basically, the South Island, antisocial paradise capital of the world. You'll go for days and see no one else. So uh, straight down I went. <laughs> um, in terms of the people, uh, Kiwis, you really just need to imagine like a horde of shoeless MacGyvers, drunk off their asses, still participating in adventure sports. New Zealand's basically the official country of hold my beer. <laughs> And honestly, to say participating in adventure sports sells them short, Kiwis invent a lot of adventure sports. Um, something about the excess alcohol, land, and free time just really combines to make some amazing things, such as uh, zorbing, the giant hamster balls that you roll down hills in, jet boating, you can thank the Kiwis for that, bungee jumping, and then they invented the referee whistle because things were getting a bit out of hand. <laughs> Um, but it, because of how badass these people are, just as a population, it confuses me that they choose to call themselves Kiwis. They call themselves Kiwis after their national bird. A kiwi is nocturnal flightless, blind past its own nose, and if you pick it up the wrong way, its internal organs automatically crush it and it dies. <laughs> <laughs> these people calling themselves Kiwis is about equivocal to muscle man Randy Savage suddenly deciding to go by Randall the Cuddle Muffin. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. But um, that's, that's a kind of a background into New Zealand. The strange part for me was actually that I lived in my van for most of the time that I was there. <laughs> Thank you. See, I, I say that and people think it's really cool, right? It's only cool because I did it in another country. <laughs> Like, there I get to be this, like, freewheeling, wild and out traveler. Like, here I'm just homeless. <laughs> Van people are weird. Voluntary van people are even weirder. There is a reason a white van with a bed in the back is the poster child for places children shouldn't go. Because, <laughs> like, it's fun. It is fun living in your van. It's fun. But it's not, it's not, like, sexy, you know? Like, you're not about to see a van life calendar 2016 with just, like, dirty hippie girls and slightly suggestive van-related poses. Like... <laughs> Here we see van life calendar girl, Brooke Matherly. She's crawling into the front seat from the back because she didn't want to walk all the way around the van. <laughs> Stretch it, girl. Or uh, here we see van life calendar girl, Brooke Matherly. She's got a leg slung over each front seat trying to squeeze into her skinny jeans. <laughs> Dress yourself, sexy. We certainly don't want to see van life calendar girl Brooke as she uses the van window as a mirror to decide if she needs to pay for a shower today. <laughs> it's only been three days since the last one, so she decides no. <laughs> Dirty girl. 
You'll notice I feature heavily in the van life calendar. Quite simple. Uh, it was my idea, so I can do things like cast myself as lead model without worrying if I'm hot enough to pull it off. <laughs> Quite happy with my looks as it happens. Fell out perfectly on that spectrum where I'm like hot enough that I get stuff for free, but just unattractive enough that I still got to develop a personality. And, and I need that looks and personality combo because after living in the van for a couple months, there are a few nights where you just want to sleep in a bed. <laughs> so you go out and you realize there's no shame in that FFA game. FFA is fucking for accommodation for those of you. <laughs> Not in the know. There is a special kind of sad when you are on Tinder in your van while it is snowing outside. Like, do you have a heater? <laughs> it was later. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's all right. But it does leave me particularly susceptible to something I like to call the stray dog effect. This is when a man uh, takes me home feeds me, and then I proceed to stay at his place way longer than either of us ever intended. <laughs> you wake up in the morning, you're like, I think I'm gonna head out. And he's like, oh, I was gonna, you know, make some pancakes if you wanna stay. I'll flip the fuck out for some flapjacks. You best believe <laughs> I'm gonna stay. And like, breakfast is only the beginning. We start going like course by course, one by one, straight up Beauty and the Beast be our guest shit. <laughs> Complete with a guy I was only okay with looking at in the dark. I black out, wake up three hours later, sprawled out in front of an empty refrigerator. <laughs> Look over at him, he's got chocolate sauce on the corner of his mouth. I'm getting violent flashbacks to some adventurous banana moments. <laughs> and he's like, well, we're all out of food, but we can find something else to eat. Um, I'm gonna go. <laughs> Thanks for the food, I mean the sex, I mean, I'm just gonna leave. Um, by the way, I'm gonna grab a shower on my way out. It's been like four days and that is my limit. <laughs> um, but it's like, it's not my fault. Van life just kind of turns you feral and you really devolve at a shocking rate. Like you don't even notice the early signs and symptoms. It happened so fast. I started bathing in a river. I didn't even connect it to the van. I just thought I was doing my part to conserve water. Fuck a five-minute shower, I've got a whole stream. Um, but I started to kind of catch on that I might be becoming feral when I was washing my plates in a public bathroom sink. I was super proud of myself because this time I didn't just lick them clean. But then came the moment where I could just no longer deny I was fully feral. I was making dinner out of the back of my van in a grocery store parking lot, unshowered, of course, wearing nothing but yoga shorts and a sports bra. And an old man came up to me, offered me a $1 loaf of bread and asked if I needed a warm place to sleep for the evening. <laughs> At that moment, I could no longer deny I was feral because I shot past feral. I'm not even a stray dog. I'm just like a wet kitten eating out of a dumpster. <laughs> just a special level of pathetic. But I did go home with him. <laughs> um, and like, m maybe that was one of the reasons it was so hard to get guys to come back to my van. When you're, when you're at that level of pathetic, it feels like a pity fuck no matter what you do. <laughs> and like, 
I have got some wild stories, but not because of things I did in the van. Because of the things I did to avoid being in the van, right? Because when you're making out with a hot guy, and he looks at you and he's like, do you want to go back to your place? And you look to where your place is parked, like a few feet away. (laughs) The picnic table you're sitting on starts looking real romantic. (laughs) And the old guy riding by on his bicycle shouting, Merry Christmas, just adds to the (laughs) ambiance. It was daylight. (laughs) It was daylight on Christmas Day. (laughs) But you know, every now and then I get a guy uh, who is looking for what I like to call a never have I ever fuck. That's the one where you come home, you brag about it to all your friends, and then when you're one finger left in never have I ever, they're pointing across the circle like, never have I ever fucked a chicken or van in New Zealand, John. And he's like, fuck. (laughs) So every now and then I'd get a guy like that. My favorite was uh, this guy from Manchester, actually. We were having... (laughs) Nice? (laughs) Yeah, fuck yeah, Manchurians. (laughs) Um, So we're we're having sex in the van, spooning, because there was no room for the... You you guys get it. Um, (laughs) Spooning, all of a sudden he just stops. And he like takes my chin in his hand, tilts my face towards him, looks me deep in the eyes and proceeds to tell me the most English thing anyone has ever said to me in bed. Well, that's me then. (laughs) Thank you very much, folks. My name is Brooke Matherly. You've been lovely. Brooke Matherly, everybody! Having sex with men in a van in New Zealand. Yay! Yay! Oh, I want to live in a van, but in in Peru. I don't know what's going to happen there, but I want a llama. Watch out, they spit. I'm excited. I want to shave it. I want to make some I want to make some baby clothes out of its fur. I'm going to sell them to rich people in San Francisco. It's good. I'm going to live somewhere some some other day. Uh, your next comedian has lived in crazy places. In fact, there was a person today who was getting into a car and he had a love garden fucking sweater on and I was like there's a comedian tonight he's a he's a place I was like that's in Kansas that's in Kansas right he's like yeah it's in Kansas it's in Lawrence Kansas why would you know that and I'm like because I know a comedian he's got these sweatshirts he always wears them and then they say love garden and I was like yeah uh he didn't bond with me as much as I was hoping um <laughs> they drove away and they're like yeah don't ever go to that radio station that lady's crazy she'll try to give you drugs uh, your next comedian's a hilarious person. I'm so glad he's here, and I can't wait to tell the, to hear the stories. Uh, put your hands together for Jordan Saramanera! Thank you so much. This is great. I love being here at the Mutiny. How's everyone been so far tonight? Having a good time? Yeah, we're good, good. Thank you all for being here, all of you. You, you too. She asked me if there was a cover. I said, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to sit down. Uh, it would be nice to talk to somebody when I get on stage. Uh, you can, I'll pay for you. <laughs> kidding. I can't afford that. Uh, I was doing, uh, I do a lot of stand-up comedy here in the Bay Area. I, I really enjoy doing comedy. Uh, not so much after the show's over, though. After the show is always my least favorite part of stand-up comedy because people come up to you and they give you compliments. Um, not always so great. I was doing a show recently and a British man came up to me after the show and he was like, you know, I think that your act would go over magnificently in the UK. And that's how I found out that I'm not funny. I was like, oh, fuck. 
Oh, shit, I've got to start all over again. This is bad. <laughs> I just feel like there's better compliments you can give a man that looks like me, you know? I feel like I look like Jon Snow with a good weed connection. That's a... I have no clue what that means. Never watched that show in my life. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. See how observant I am? I don't even have to watch a show to know things like that. It's amazing. Oh, my God. Life is pathetic. Um, I write monologue jokes for, for a television show, and I've been, uh, I've been trying to work some of those out this week. Uh, the better that they are when I have to turn them in, uh, the more likelihood there is that I get paid for them. So I'm going to tell you some of them now, okay? These aren't my jokes. They're for someone else. I wrote them for someone else. <laughs> it's not my voice. Um, <laughs> so if they're not funny, it's the host's fault, okay? It's not my fault. Not that host, the other host. Okay. <laughs> now we're getting too semantically driven. Uh, I saw recently that a 93-year-old woman in New York City was robbed for $600 from her bra. And the suspect says that there is no way that that money came from her bra. He's pretty sure it came from a fanny pack. Um, <laughs> nope. All right. That one is not going to get me paid. I <laughs> uh, saw recently a study shows that s uh, sex with robots could actually create psychopathic disorders in people. And I remember when doing the robot just meant you weren't going to have sex. I just, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I bet. okay, here you go. I got his. He's going to pay me for that joke after this show. That's good. Uh, there's a food festival down in L.A. this weekend. Uh, it's right now, actually. They, they announced that there was going to be a seminar uh, where they teach people how to cook with marijuana. Yay! Yeah. About that, there's no uh, definitive beginning or end because time is relative, man. <laughs> Got a little ha ha from the back. That's good. Uh, in Alabama, legislation has passed a law that if you have an overdue library book checked out for an excess of 30 days, that you can actually spend 30 days in jail. Yeah, ironically. Uh, citizens in Alabama actually learn how to read in jail. That's... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Finally broke you with those shitty monologue jokes. California daycare uh, recently busted because 600 marijuana plants were found in the backyard of the residents. That's right. One of the parents became suspicious when their child came home requesting an eighth of goldfish. Yeah. <laughs> All right. These shitty jokes are getting better. Jokes. Shitty jokes are getting better. I don't think any of those other ones are they're not going to get good. All right, we can go back to my own shit. Thank you for telling me which jokes are better than others. <laughs> That's good. Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't Yes, I'd love to have one of those. I was actually told that there would be pot here too. Was that I want to. I want to do that. I wish that was kicking in right now, so this would be even less comprehensible. Okay, now we're getting into the thing. Oh God, I feel so normal now. Uh, that's good. Are you two here to support her? That's wonderful. Where Where are you two from? 
South Lake Tahoe. You from South Lake Tahoe as well? Where are you from? Charlotte, North Carolina. I was born in Jacksonville on Camp Lejeune. Yeah, did you guys know that Camp Lejeune military base, Marine Corps base, both of my parents, Marines, uh, is the only military base that has been proven to have extremely contaminated water at its facility, uh, specifically through the years that I was uh, being created inside of my mother's stomach while she was consuming all of the water, <laughs> and uh, for the first year of my life uh, where I was being formula-fed with that water. So that, I can tell you, makes me closer to an X-Men than anyone in this room. <laughs> That's right. I am a mutant. That's cool. Do you live here now? Or are you just visiting? I live in my van. You live in your van. How the fuck did you get your van from New Zealand to here? It's all wheels. I, I just bought it. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, that thing has amazing capabilities. <laughs> well, I just got in it, and it's, uh, you know, it converts to a submarine. No big deal. I fucking took it all the way over to California, and then here I am. That's cool. I like, I like vans. I'm going to eat this. Yeah. This is what I'm going to do with you guys for my time. I'm just going to eat food in your face. Maybe Rice Krispie Treat was a bad choice for me to talk. <laughs> no, it's good. Oh, I can taste the pot. It's good. Yeah, if you can't taste the pot in your pot treat, shit, it ain't nothing. <laughs> don't, waste, don't waste your time. What are you guys doing? Coke? What is going on right now? <laughs> Passing around a flat thing. You laughed too hard at that. Well, that's what I was doing yesterday. We were looking for cheaper fun. Oh, did I fucking rat you guys out? Oh, I'm such a piece of shit. All right, all right. I'm going to chew this thing. If we're just going to kick in when I'm on the freeway, no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. How many people here work in the service industry? Yeah. Service, service. What do you do for service? Chef. Chef? Yeah. <laughs> Did you say your secret service? You can't tell me that. You're a chef? Yeah. Where do you work at as a chef? Uh, it's a oh, cool. It's just like anywhere, wherever your gig is. Yeah. That's cool. I appreciate that. Chef, working in restaurants is hard. I worked in restaurants and bars for about 10 years, and now I do stand up comedy, so things are going great. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. I, I graduated from college in 2008 with a degree uh, in advertising, and instead of a job, all I got was the uncanny ability to write jingles about depression. <laughs> you know, like the best part of waking up is going back to sleep. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's good. Yeah. My life is awesome. Sleep is a valuable thing when you're sad. Uh, sleep is, a, is probably the most important thing. It's the one thing that you have as an escape from the reality that we live in. You know, Sleeping in the morning, sleeping in the evening, sleeping at supper time. When your life's real unstable, you could be sleeping any time. <laughs> Van Girl knows what I'm talking about. Oh, my God. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm struggling. Oh, boy. That's right. It's Ben. You ever been laying in that van looking up at the stars and think to yourself, what would you do for a Xanax bar? Oh, my God. I didn't move to San Francisco to be a prude. If you've got pills, I've got a mouth, folks. That's right. 
Oh, gross. Okay. Well, nobody's on that game. I guess I will. <laughs> I don't know what's so unappealing. You've only watched me crack a beer and eat a pot treat. I don't know. I seem like a pretty cool guy to me. Uh, mommy, wow. I'm a sad man now. <laughs> oh, my God. It's fucking sad. Give me some cake. Give me some cake. I want to eat some cake while I cry in my car. <laughs> mm. Like an enabler, pizza is there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Big one from Zunzu in the back. Do you hear that? That was good. I'll use this one instead. That one didn't sound safe. Clinical depression, clinical depression, clinical depression is real until you fucking die. <laughs> oh my God, I'm miserable. That is, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? I can't cry, I'm dead inside. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I was doing these the other day in front of an audience and a couple women were sitting very close to the station and one of them looks at her friend and she's like what's wrong with this guy <laughs> and I was like well maybe he's born with it <laughs> maybe it's brain disease I don't know I don't <laughs> <laughs> alright I think I only missed like five of them so we just move on uh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Maybe we'll come back to it later. It'll be fun. Maybe once my actual jokes don't work out, I'll just be like, oh, I better do those things again. Uh, I, I I used to work in the service industry for a long time, and when I first moved to uh, San Francisco, I got two jobs in restaurants. So I was like, man, I didn't fucking move here to work in restaurants, bartend. It's like, oh, that's not what I want to do. I came here to do comedy, right? So then I got a job as a juice barista. Uh <laughs> which was horrible. I worked in the Haight-Ashbury as a juice barista, and uh, being a juice barista in San Francisco is a lot like being a juice shaman <laughs> uh, because people come up to you with their ailments and expect you to be able to resolve them with a fresh-pressed juice. <laughs> and they would ask me the most ridiculous questions like, <laughs> what do you recommend for a cold? Don't you get the fuck out of the hate, all right? <laughs> Dude just took a shit right by the front door while you were walking in. Like, I don't know, maybe stay home and eat some soup. That's what I'd recommend. I don't know. What do you recommend for the gout? Ew, fucking go to the doctor, okay? <laughs> Hundreds of years of Western medicine has not led us to resolving the gout with a fresh pressed juice, you fucking psycho. <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Well, I have a little boy who has cancer. What do you recommend for a little boy who has cancer? Uh, pineapple orange juice is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I'd start there and maybe maybe move on to weed. I don't know. <laughs> Ugh. I know I look like the kind of guy that uh, sells weed, uh, but I don't. I just happen to have enough on me at any given time to give you some at a reasonable price, so <laughs> just let me know. Oh, God.
I saw a study recently. I studied a 10, no, it was 40. It was a 40-year study. A 40-year study has just been released that said that smoking marijuana, habitual marijuana smokers are actually worse at their jobs than other people. Can you imagine that? That's crazy, you know? They figured that out because that study was supposed to take two weeks. That's... (laughs) supposed to be a two-week. I like thinking about that study. I like thinking about the head scientists, like, calling back to the main researchers and be like, oh, you know, we're on a big budget here. You know, we got to get some answers for these people. They need answers now. And the main researcher's like, oh, yeah. Uh, We were just going to go down to 7-Eleven and get some snacks. And then when we got back, we were going to fire up the Lord of the Rings trilogy and get right back on. I saw recently the Lord of the Rings, uh, the Lord of the Rings box set, fucking full from front to back, special edition box set is out now, costs eight hundred dollars. Yeah, that's a lot of weed. Eight hundred dollars, and a lot of the fans are very upset because uh, eight hundred dollars is exactly what it costs to rent your parents' basement for a month. <laughs> Uh, or buy a van. I don't know. Can you, can you, <laughs> do you buy a van for 800 How much do you buy a van for? Uh, I bought my one in Wow. What's up, fucking big spender? Dang. <laughs> I haven't seen... Oh, uh, okay. Uh, okay. I haven't seen $2,000 for quite some time. <laughs> uh, much like Jeff back there, uh, I, I, I'm from South Central, uh, Kansas. And uh, I, I went from spending $600 a month to live in a three-bedroom house by myself to spending $800 a month to sleep in a dining room. So that's a, I don't know if, if, if starving in a dining room is the definition of irony. <laughs> I'm no literary genius, but I feel like it's probably pretty close, right? <laughs> I woke up to my downstairs neighbor blasting Adele the other day. And I had to like come up with some way to kind of level with her and not come off as an asshole. So I went downstairs and I knocked on the door. And she's like, yeah. I said, hey, could you uh, turn that down? Because I'm about to kill someone like you. <laughs> and she cut that shit off. It was great. It was <laughs> able to move on. Uh, I was I was working recently uh, this past summer as a as an art teacher an art camp teacher summer art camp I'm not a teacher personally my roommate is uh, but he has the authority to hire anyone that can pass the I don't touch children test <laughs> to assist him in the good news everybody um, that's good. Um, <laughs> It's crazy, man. Like, I've never worked with that many children at once. I worked with 24 second and third grade children, and I was teaching them how to essentially not injure themselves with simple art supplies. (laughs) And it's hard at first because you don't know how to do it. And the first thing that I noticed was the child in the back of the room that most resembled myself at that age. And I was like, that's the kid that I have to neutralize, right? (laughs) And so I do a lot of comedy in the, in the Bay, and, and a lot of times people think that I'm a good host. I don't know why. But I was using hosting tactics 
because it's very similar, like little kids and drunk adults. They're like the same fucking thing, right? You've got to kind of rabble rouse and just like get them all, get like, hey, let's do this. So I would be like, hey, y'all kids ready to make some art? And they'd be like, yeah. <laughs> like, y'all ready to color outside the lines? And they're like, yeah. And then I looked right at him and I was like, y'all ready to make a mess? And he was like, fuck yeah. I said, principal's office. <laughs> I'm not putting up with your shit, buddy. I know your game. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> little girls are so sweet though. Like, like second, third grade little girls, they're the sweetest people on earth. They're the most like compliant people. They, they work well with each other. They're always complimenting each other. One of them even complimented me. She came up to me, she said, Mr. Jordan, your hair looks just like mine. And I said, oh, honey, don't flatter yourself. That's <laughs> Tell your mom to brush that shit. That is an atrocity atop your head. <laughs> Little boys are the worst, though, like second and third grade boys are the worst people I've ever encountered in my life. They, the worst part is because they're always upset. They're in a continuous state of being upset. And they don't have the s the maturity to like express themselves emotionally so that you can constructively help them get through a situation. So one kid, he every day he was fucking had some kind of problem every day. His name was Parker, so it was a bad start with me. Uh, <laughs> if there's any Parkers in the room, just fucking get out. <laughs> I said that recently, and somebody was like. Mm. <laughs> I was like, nice polo shirt, dipshit. Um, <laughs> anybody wearing a polo? Eh, not you. Nah, it's, it's a real polo. It's a real polo shirt, not a Walmart one. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, uh, it's whatever. I, I don't golf either. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Just trying to get through this last 30 seconds. <laughs> So Parker, uh, Parker always come up to me with some bullshit, and he he wouldn't know how to express himself. He'd be like, "He pushed me, and then I pushed him, and then I called him stupid, and I don't know why." And I don't you know, like. What are you supposed to do with that? You know, I don't I don't know how to do this. So I just did the best that I could, and I reflected my own problems back at him with the same voice. <laughs> I do stand-up comedy almost every night for no money, and I don't know why. <laughs> and then he was just quiet <laughs> and confused. So we just moved on with the lesson. It was great. Oh, my God. I've had so much fun with you guys tonight. Thank you so much for being here. Give it up one time for Pam. We have one last comedian for you tonight. Uh, he is the dirtiest of dirt bags. He's lived inside boxes, outside boxes. He's, he might have, I think he's slept in a vagina. That's the kind of box he's been in. He doesn't, he's used everything as a tent. You guys are gonna love him. Very, very funny. Zach Wiseman! Yeah, I lived in a pussy for about nine months. It was a while ago. 
That's a while ago. Never going back. Nope. <laughs> Cramped. Cramped, you get real sweaty. Didn't even know that could happen. Uh, yeah, so I'm originally from Alaska. Uh, I've been homeless in three states and two continents, baby! I can fail anywhere! <laughs> now, I'm originally from Alaska, which is a really majestic place to give up on life, you know? It's great. It's fucking horrible there. It's so bad. Uh, there's a lot of things to do in Alaska, like uh, uh, drink. And uh, I guess you can also fish and drink, <laughs> or you can go camping and drink. That's about it, man, really. That's it's horrible. I learned in Alaska, I learned how to drink yourself to death in one night. And this is how you do it. Uh, you drink until you're blackout drunk, and then you go to sleep, not inside. I don't know if you know this, but the native population in, uh, in Alaska, uh, they look like Mongolians. That's because they're Mongolians that walked across the land, sea bridge, right? The Bering Sea land bridge. And then they fucking stopped in Alaska? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> don't stop in a place where you could die from being outside. It's just dumb. Uh, Alaska's weird. It's, uh, it's the northernmost state. Uh, the westernmost state and also easternmost state because it cra crosses the international dateline, right? Which is weird because of all the southern accents there are. It's just full of fucking rednecks. It's and uh, some like uh, some more progressive rednecks, you know, they get, they got caught running drugs and they're hiding from the law, you know, <laughs> which leads to weird things. I had this uh, this guy. Uh, he 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 told me uh, he was real progressive. He was like, uh, you know, uh, a man touching your dick can't make you gay. It's not like a dunk tank. <laughs> Which I didn't understand as a child from Alaska because we didn't have fucking dunk tanks. There was no, <laughs> no dunk tank shit going on. Alaska, it's the only place you can hear, uh, I'm a boot to fuck my cousin. It's a Canadian influ. Well, that worked. Alaska's, uh, yeah, holy shit, it's terrible. Here's a, here's a little story about my dad. My dad used to live in California, and then he fled to Alaska because he hates the world, right? Uh, uh, he sells drugs there, right? He sold weed for a long time, and this dude robbed him, broke into our house, uh, stole a bunch of money, marijuana. My dad knew who it was, so he grabbed two shotguns, and went to this dude's house, one for him and one for the other man. You know, to be fair, it's just a fair thing to do. <laughs> and uh, that dude hid under his bed, because that's what you fucking do when someone kicks in your door with shotguns, you know what I mean? So my dad just shot his house for a while. <laughs> no charges ever. No, <laughs> that's fucking Alaska, man. It's a real tough guy state. You know, everybody wants to be real tough. Uh, and uh, I, as an adult, am this size. As a child, I was comparable. Like, you know what I mean? I was just a tiny little white kid. And people used to try to fight me all the time. They'd be like, hey, white boy, you took our land. <laughs> I'd be like, motherfucker, I'm seven. <laughs> I, I just barely learned how to take a shit outside of my pants. I don't think I fucking took anything from anyone. <laughs> and let's say for a second that's true, that I took your land. Your parents are pussies. 
They had their baby. The Lance don't buy a baby. It's re- warrior spirit my ass. Which also, it's a weird motto for a conquered people, you know? <laughs> fuck you guys. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. Uh, so, uh, when I was a kid, uh, I had to arm wrestle a lot of girls to prove I wasn't a bitch, you know what I mean? <laughs> not, not that many, but all the big ones, you know? Which is a horrible way to start out dating, you know? Nobody... <laughs> It's not a good opener. Hey, want to arm wrestle? <laughs> it is. It's a. Re- it's a real tough guy state, uh, and it's fucking stupid. Uh, I hate all those people. So uh, I graduated high school up there, and then I started doing construction work, as you can tell by my arm wrestling physique. Huh? <laughs> that shit's horrible. Don't fucking ever do construction work in Alaska. Uh, I think one of the worst things I ever had to do in my entire life is I had to uh, dig a trench. It was like six foot deep by like four foot wide, and I had to hand dig it between two buildings, right? And I had to hand dig this trench in the middle of winter, which means you swing a pickaxe at the dirt, and then it gets stuck in the dirt, and you pull it out, and you just keep swinging it. Uh, You can't do that without heroin. I don't know if you know that. And also, heroin makes you great at construction in general. (laughs) Your lack of fear and pain, it's very uh, appealing to people. (laughs) So I, I I mean, I I didn't even know ambition existed until I did LSD, you know what I mean? (laughs) I was like, well, we just fish and drink, that's what we do. Ass is great, guys, It, it changed my life. Alaska is a great place to do acid. Because when you live there, you get bored of all the stuff. Oh, the mountains, they're so beautiful, except fucking 28 weeks in a row. You know what I mean? It's not, it loses its panage. And then you do acid, and you're like, what the fuck is this shit? You mean that mountain used to be down? What? Fucking what? I did acid one time in Alaska, and it was uh, kind of a gray day, and I'm laying down uh, in this uh, field. It was somebody's lawn. I was laying down in this field. <laughs> And I'm watching the clouds, and I see uh, far off in the clouds, there's this, it looks like a little stuffed lion. I'm just saying that because the proportions, right? It's got like a big head, and it's like a tiny body, and it's like sitting there, and it's got like a tutu thing around its neck. I don't fucking know, right? And this lion, he's sitting there, and he blows a smoke ring. It's like, And out of that smoke ring comes the same lion, right? Just a little bit closer. And I'm like, that's amazing. And it keeps happening until the lion is about 10 feet away from me, and just fucking massive. And then he blew a smoke ring at me, and I was like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Because I don't know what would have happened if that smoke ring hit me, but I wasn't going to find out. I'm not doing that. So do acid in Alaska, guys. It's, uh, <laughs> go up there, do acid, and then leave. That's, <laughs> that's my advice, because I did. Uh, I realized I wanted to do things in life, so I left. And I moved to Las Vegas, which is, you know, that's logical, right? Alaska to Las Vegas. That's what you do. If Alaska doesn't have much culture, Las Vegas is just a fucking culture vacuum. It's so disgusting. Like, if you like anything about a place, you can find a mediocre representation of it in Las Vegas. <laughs> unless, unless the thing you like about a place is uh, people not watching you all the time forever. Because they do that shit. Vegas is... uh. It was built by mobsters, uh, and for people 
so involved in waste management, you'd think the, sh the city wouldn't smell like shit all the time. But it fucking does. Manages to smell like shit all the time. Leave water outside, evaporates in a day, still smells like shit all the time. What the fuck? I lived there for a while. Uh, I thought it was cool that they never closed the bars. Never, never closed bars in Vegas. But that led me to being inside of a bar for three days one time. <laughs> That's not fucking healthy at all. I slept under the pool table more than once. They let me do it. It was me and this dude. Uh, his wife just left him, took everything. He was going to be there. He was there for like a fucking week. Uh, and I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll ride three days with you. Uh, we'd drink. We would pass out. I'd wake up. I'd, uh, I'd draw things on his bald spot. Uh, he'd wake up. We'd drink some more. I'm surprised my organs still work, guys. <laughs> surprised fucking not well, but they do. Uh so uh I did that for a while and then uh I got fired from a job uh because they just don't close bars. It's not fair. It's cheating. I'd go from bars to work and they don't like that I think at any job. <laughs> so they eventually fired me uh and I I moved into my car. Uh, which was a 92 Chevy Lumina. Great address, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that is fucking brutal. Because, like, is, if you're sleeping in your car in Las Vegas, you have all the windows down, and as soon as the sun touches the sky, you light on fire. <laughs> living, I living in your car in Las Vegas means you stand outside of your car in parking lots for most of the day. That's... You just cannot be inside that motherfucker. I, uh, I had uh, razors, you know, for shaving razors. The whole thing melted. They were like little horseshoes, which is really fucking hard to shave with. You're like, mm. <laughs> Especially in your side view mirror. <sighs> Fuck that place so much. I don't like it there. I really don't. But, I mean... There are, there are cool things about being in Las Vegas. Like, uh, almost all the bars have gambling in the bar, right? They have, like, little video poker machines in the bar, uh, which is a great place to learn how to tell jokes because nobody cares about you at fucking all. You know what I mean? If you get a laugh out somebody, it's because you beat out their alcohol and gambling addictions, which is, that's a fucking win, you know? But uh, also, if you know bartenders, uh, you get all kinds of other people's comp drinks. Like, if someone is losing thousands of dollars in video poker, they can stand to give you some of their comp drinks, which also, fucking so bad. It's such a bad idea. One time in Vegas, uh, I didn't have any money because I never have any money ever in my entire life, right? Uh, and I had uh, this 50-cent piece, all money I had. So I went to the bar, and I was like, can you give me as much whiskey as this 50-cent piece will buy? And they just gave me all kinds of whiskey. Let me keep my 50 cent piece. Woo! That's a win, baby. That's how you gamble in Vegas. I do have one gambling strategy, and that is you walk up to a bar, and then you put uh, the price of the drink, you put it into the video poker machine, and then they comp you that drink, and then you gamble it. That's not a joke. That's just good strategy. You know what I mean? It's like paying for a drink with a possibility to win $4,000. <laughs> do that. So I live in my car for a while. Um... Here's a thing that's really hard to do if you live in a car. Uh, not get a DUI. <laughs> it's almost <laughs> impossible. 
I got my first DUI, first sleeping in my car. I was just sleeping. Yes, the keys were in the ignition. It's 200 fucking degrees. Fuck you, AC's on, right? Uh, I got that DUI, and I played the race card. It was a white cop, right? Uh, but he was an asshole. Uh, so I said, uh, did you know it used to be illegal for a black man to stand on a white man's shadow? You would arrest people for that. And he would go, no, I didn't. And I, I said, uh, yes, huh? And then I went to sleep in the breakfast car. <laughs> Fuck it, you already got me, man. No point here. I also said to him, uh, I, asked, I asked him the question uh, if he was embarrassed to work in a profession that has an IQ cap. Because that's... <laughs> he just, he didn't answer. He did not answer me. Had a, I blew a 0.3. 0.04. Wow. 